Hello there and welcome to Revelations from the Heart podcast, bringing you timely teaching from the Word of God. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett, and I'd love to stay connected with you online. You can visit my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. From there, you can access my social media links as well as join the mailing list and receive ministry updates right to your inbox. Be sure to like my ministry page on Facebook at Paula Cornette Ministries. Follow me on Instagram at either Revelations from the Heart or Minister Paula. Or you can check me out on YouTube at Revelations from the Heart. I am so excited for what the Lord has in store for you today and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. Well, let's get into today's episode. Hello, I'm Minister Paula Cornett, and you are about to hear what will be a three-part series of the powerful testimony of Kelsey Decker. The first two episodes will leave you on the edge of your seat as you hear about the deep darkness that Kelsey was involved in. I want to make a disclaimer that some of the content contained in these two episodes may be difficult at times to hear, but I find it necessary for her to share some of those details. It is paramount that you realize the story does take a dramatic twist as the Savior, Jesus Christ, comes to rescue her. My hope is that by hearing her testimony, you will be reminded of the everlasting love of Almighty God, that the chains of the enemy will be eradicated from your life, and that the blood of Jesus still has miraculous power. Remember the words of Jesus in John 14 and 6. He says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Well, hello, and welcome to this episode of Revelations from the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett, and this is episode number 90. Well, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last uh, few weeks, you know that I've had a myriad of guests on from all different walks of life, and it's been just a wonderful time of meeting new people and hearing just wonderful stories and testimonies of how God has brought people out. So I'm very excited today of a new guest to the podcast audience for the very first time. I met this young lady actually through a mutual friend. I was seeing her posts online of just how God has redeemed and saved her from just a life in her own word as words as she puts it, Babylonian debauchery at its finest. And so up until this point, every guest that I've had on the podcast, when they share their testimony, it's always usually a testimony of how they were saved as a child and how they may have veered off from the things of God, but came back and started to um, just, you know, walk in the purposes of God. But Kelsey's story is quite different. It's not one of uh, where she grew up in a Christian home or anything like that. It's pretty much quite the opposite. And so this is going to be a three-part series, actually, of her sharing just the background of the things that she's been through. And then the last episode, we're going to save to tell you how God miraculously saved her. So I'm very excited to have Kelsey as a guest. Hello to you, Kelsey. Hello, Paula. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's just been a pleasure to get to know you and then to get to come on here and, and just share my story for God's glory. Amen. And we are, I'm so excited for the listeners to hear um, just your story. Like I said, as I was following her on uh, Facebook and just seeing her posts, my heart just rejoiced and the Holy Spirit spoke and said, you got to have her on your podcast. And so I want to just quickly, I'm going to read her um, bio so that you kind of get a background and she'll tell more about herself 
as she talks as well. So Kelsey is an acclaimed author, poet, and inspirational speaker, blessed with the art of visual storytelling. Her stories for God's glory. Kelsey is the owner of Holy Spirit Happenings, publishing Christian-centered books for overcomers. Kelsey is an outreach minister with Light Ministry in Indianapolis, Indiana, shining light and hope in the dark, the gifts of enrichment, discernment, and deliverance. Kelsey is a devoted mother who brings the fire of revival, woohoo, and supernatural into the natural. She's passionate about taboo topics and goes wherever God leads. So she's going to give you at the end a little more to get in touch with her ministry. And I just want to add some things just in the last few uh, months that I've gotten to know her. Um, actually, the very first time that uh, she contacted me, it was just like an instant connection. You know, you meet those people and it's just like an instant I won't say just connection, but kingdom connection. And uh, we found out that we at one time went to the same high school and uh, we didn't know each other at that time. But uh, did you look, look you up in the yearbook and you were you were in there? I saw you in there. <laughs> no <And> way. <laughs> yeah, I saw your picture in there. I was like, there she is. So um, but it's been a blessing. And she's also here. She's also an Indiana resident, as I am. So it's good to have a fellow uh, Hoosier alongside with me. And so um, I had the opportunity of reading her manuscript. She sent me of her book, which she'll give you more information about that. A very powerful book of her um, just awesome deliverance and just the redeeming grace of God's love. So without further ado, I just want to once again, just introduce to you, Kelsey, and I'm going to give her the floor to just flow and let the Holy Spirit use her as she shares her testimony with you. So Kelsey, it's on you, girl. Amen. Thank you, Paula. Oh, it's so good to be here. And I just want to start by saying that, you know, as Paula said, this is going to be a three-part series. And there's a lot of complex uh, scenarios that take place within my story. It is very sensitive. And, and so just you might want to be yeah, just sensitive of who is around you as you're listening to this and and just be aware that sometimes this story can can trigger different emotions in people. Uh, but I only share to glorify God. And so these first two episodes where I'm going to be going in and, and just talking about what my life consisted of before coming to Christ, because it really shows how good God is. It really shows <laughs> that he is, uh, you know, so supernatural and that he is still alive and he is working. He is working to uh, continue to bring people to salvation and radically redeem and deliver. So uh, Paula mentioned my book and it's called Mary Magdalene in the Mirror freedom from demonic oppression. And so this story is going to go through uh, more than just talking about what I did, what I went through, but it's really what happens for people who are living under uh, demonic oppression. Demons are very real. Uh, you know, Jesus was casting demons out of people 2000 plus years ago, and we still do that today. They're, they're still the same demons. The enemy is still the same as he was back then. And so those spirits can also, they torment us in the, in the same way. So my story starts in Bloomington, Indiana, a little university town, and that's where I was born. 
And I was born into a Christian science community, actually. My parents were Christian scientists. And that might sound like, oh, she was born into Christianity. But I, the way that I talk about it is that's a very like new age form of, of Christianity. They don't believe in the Holy Trinity. And uh, essentially, I grew up believing that we are all inherently good. So that, you know, there's no sin, there's no hell. These things really just exist within your mind. And so I've just my whole life for 40 years just believed if I could just control my mind, like with my own willpower, that that's how I would overcome. And so as you'll see, that's where I, I constantly fell short because I there's just no way uh, without the Lord, you know, I have no strength without without the Holy Spirit, I have no power. And so Growing up, we we actually moved to St. Louis, Missouri. There's the hub of Christian science there. So we, we moved and, and we're living in community. We did that until I was around six and moved back to Indiana. But during those times when I was within that community is when I started being able to see spirits. I was able to always have this just sensitivity, a spiritual sensitivity to what was going on around me. So I could see into, and I didn't know this at the time, but I could see into the angelic realm. I could also see into the demonic realm. So there was just a lot of, I could always hear these like nefarious whispers in my ears. I could just see I, I just always was able to see more than what is in you know this physical realm and when you're very young you you don't of, of course understand that we say maybe you just have an imaginary friend or you know these these things so these spirits came in they they entered because there was a lot of abuse going on in in our household when i was young and so once we moved back to indiana and i was carrying a lot of that with me my parents got divorced when i was seven which is another another what we call open doorways you know there's there's these ways that spirits and demons actually gain access into our lives they they don't actually have the authority to enter our lives until we give it to them and so one of those ways is through abuse it's through new age practices it's through drugs alcohol sex there's all kinds of things that that we do to to unknowingly and knowingly invite them in so through my parents divorce uh, more spirits just continued to enter uh because of the abuse there there was just a lot going on a lot of tension uh you know just walking on eggshells this stuff so then things kind of the the next climax is kind of where at 14 uh my sister and i had been living with with my dad for for a couple of years and i started I had been really shy up until that point like really 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 shy uh I couldn't I could hardly even talk to people at all and I was having a major major anxiety like around 10 11 years old and so I started seeing a a counselor at that time I was put on antidepressants because I I got super depressed I was having all kinds of just physical symptoms all kinds of you know like that spirit of infirmity came over 
over me and it was just all these unexplainable things. Uh, so then that led up to when I was 14 and I was actually allowed to get a job at a little pizzeria and I got this job and suddenly this like other spirit just started coming over me during that time and it was you know what i call the the spirit of sexual immorality so these floodgates kind of opened and they had already had me just doing really strange things you know i was hearing all these voices in my head uh you know just telling me to basically become like an exhibitionist and start exposing myself in front of windows at night in my neighborhood just just really strange things and especially for how shy i was it it just wasn't adding up so then i i was at this pizzeria there was an an older you know 21 year old uh, that was working there with me um i ended up i ended up in a night with him where we went out and i ended up being raped that night uh, when i was 14 and so that just opened up again just continues to open up these floodgates just for evil to continue to just come in and dwell and and really start to cohabitate within me like demons cohabitating and and speaking to me putting thoughts in my head and once these floodgates of like sexuality were opened up that was something that i then dealt with the rest of my life it, it was the the most intense spirit that had had just been within me so i ended up getting getting kicked out of my dad's house because i started smoking weed after that started um, becoming very promiscuous it wasn't coming home on time and so i was kicked out literally came home one day all trash bags all my stuff was left out on the front porch and my mother came and got me and then uh, because of the situation that I was in, things were just feeling very, very hopeless. I, I just didn't even understand like what the point of living was. And so much had already happened to me up until the age of 14. I just was like, if this is life, I, I don't want to be here. I just wanted anything to escape my body. It just felt like the last place I wanted to be. So uh, one night I ended up going to the medicine cabinet while my mom was at work and I took over over 800 pills prescription over the counter stuff and i just wanted to lay down and go to sleep and never wake up again but i woke up the next morning woke up the next morning uh by the grace of god that's he was always there and he saved me over and over and over and so i woke up ended up going into a drug rehab facility ended up you know going through a months-long uh, mental, not mental institution, but basically, you know, counseling and all that kind of stuff in a group home where I then ended up learning everything there was to do about drugs. So I got out of that and basically from 14 to 18, I, I, I don't know if there was ever a time when I wasn't high. I was doing, you know, I was smoking weed constantly. I had started doing cocaine. I was taking uh, mushrooms, psychedelics, LSD a lot. I was this huge hippie so i was going to all of these these festivals and concerts and being very promiscuous and 
also throughout all of this, I was having tarot card readings. My mom was taking to me, me to a shop called New Age People, and I was getting crystals, all kinds of, you know, crystal amulets and jewelry. We were seeking angel guides. And so just all kinds of what we would call New Age, witchcraft, occult type of things. This stuff was just always my lifestyle and within my family uh when when this new age movement kind of swept across america a little while back it's like that was the first time i'd even heard that it was called new age <laughs> i was just like this was just my life <laughs> it was just the life i lived for 40 years so i just always knew to put my trust into other people you know other people to show me what my future was going to be uh you know cards to show me how i should be feeling crystals right to magically heal me in some sort of way so i was just living this just terrible lifestyle and and i was very young very very young and and when i was a senior in high school i ended up getting pregnant i highly believed in reincarnation and i was not ready to give up my so-called freedom and so i ended up having an abortion with like deeply, deeply believing that the baby that I was carrying would reincarnate. Like that was what I believed that just later in life when I was ready, when I was ready, that baby would come back and, you know, she would, she would come back in another body and everything would be good. And, you know, that's, that's not the case. Uh, reincarnation does not exist. And so I had that abortion and that, that started to weigh on me very, very, very heavily. I was nearly 12 weeks pregnant at the time. And so after that, I, I moved out of my mom's house. That was like over Christmas break, senior in high school, started really drug dealing, uh, went through some bad stuff there, was held at gunpoint, just all kinds of things. And then I had a huge shift in my life, huge shift where my mother called me up one day and she said, I've just taken this meditation workshop. I've just taken this thing and, and it changed my life and you have to do this. I'll pay for it. You just have to go and do this. So I did and I went to this three-day workshop and, and she was right. I had an experience. It was a very profound experience. And I was taught these techniques that were designed to slow down slow down the thoughts in your head and there were these mantras that we would repeat over and over and again it was on the premise that we are good people <laughs> that we are still inherently good people so you know why is it that i'm this good person and yet you know i just continue to live in this darkness continue to not want to exist doing everything to not have to be in my body just escape as much as possible through drugs through sex through anything i could do to just be high just completely be high and escape my body so i learned very quickly how to have out of body experiences and I learned how to really like, you know, bring my consciousness up out of this body and be able to kind of exist in this other world and, and watch myself, watch what was going on. 
So during this weekend, I started having these visions. Visions started coming to me very strongly because there were these two teachers sitting in front of me that looked like angels, complete angels. They were dressed all in white. They went by Sanskrit names. And it was just, it was just like a, it felt like this heavenly experience to me. And so I had these visions that I too was going to become one of these teachers. Um, I was going to help people because despite everything I was doing, that sounds like really evil and wicked. Um, all I ever wanted to do was help people. I wanted to, to help people get out of having to experience what I was going through and make other people's lives better. Like I, I always had this huge heart for, for others. So I ended up that weekend as I was leaving, I, I sat in my car and I actually made this vow. And I mean, was it to God? Was it to myself? I have no idea, but I made this vow that I was never going to touch another drug again. So I left, I got myself into Narcotics Anonymous. I went through that program for a little bit and I made plans. I made plans to move to North Carolina and join this meditation community. So that's what I did. These teachers had confirmed that they too believed that I was supposed to go and become what was called an Ashaya monk and live in the mountains and meditate and go through a teacher training. So when I was 18, I was after I graduated high school, had gone through one year of university. I was young when I graduated. So I was 18 when I moved to North Carolina, sold everything I had, moved out there. And in North Carolina, I kind of just disappeared, disappeared from the world. We, it was before the age of cell phones and there was very little computer usage, any of that kind of stuff. So any communication I had with my family was done through letter writing. And I just went through this journey and I was in North Carolina for about just about a year before I ended up moving to Canada and spent another five years in Canada. I was with the Ashayas for a total of eight years from 18 to 26. So my journey with them was a lot. I ended up going by two different Sanskrit names myself. I wore nothing but white colored clothes for eight years. And yeah, it was named a couple different things. I was also put into different relationships. I took vows to another person. We had kind of gurus. They were our spiritual teachers. And so, so I took vows on multiple occasions. I learned how to do Sanskrit chanting ceremonies, would meditate for very, very long periods of time. During my teacher training, we're talking 12 to 18 hours a day of sitting still, in between that, we're doing yoga. I'm learning all kinds of different occult practices. I learned Reiki, uh, you know, energy healing, which is really, really huge in the new age now. Learn just all kinds of techniques through the Ashaya's ascension. But the biggest thing that I had done was really surrendering my life to somebody else. And that's where things were just all wrong. However, I had come off the drugs and I stayed off the drugs for 
17 years I stayed off of the drugs and that is a miracle in a, you know, in itself. And the, the Ashayas like being within that really helped, but I was, I was opening up all these other doorways. I was having these, you know, Kundalini experiences, what I thought was Kundalini, which are just demons, uh, again, more out of body experiences. And then what we were were doing was a try, trying to achieve enlightenment, really rising above the thoughts in our mind and having to just completely, yeah, just just not believe anything that's going on here. So there was this constant striving because I could never get my mind to just stop. Like it, I, I couldn't get it there. And so there was just this constant feeling of failure, uh, that I just wasn't getting it. I wasn't receiving a number. You would actually get a number if you know you, you receive. If you if you got to that stage of enlightenment, you would receive a number from our teachers, and and so I never got to that point. I was just kind of always on the outskirts. I was always so close, so close, and all this stuff from my childhood was coming up, like all these things that I hadn't dealt with. I, you know, I didn't speak to my father for seven years and, and all these things were going on. And I had no, no way to express any of that. No one to walk me through any of the trauma that I had experienced in my life. And I was told to just kind of like shove it down, just shove it down. So all this stuff just kept building and building and building. And I mean, it was like a ticking time bomb just at, at any time I was ready, <laughs> just ready to explode. Uh, but you put on this facade, put on this facade that everything's great. Everything's good. We're, we're meditating. We're just living this beautiful lifestyle. And I, I traveled all over Canada during that time. I ended up finally after eight years uh leaving that community things just started to look really bleak there was just some things going on within the community that i just wasn't adding up for me and so i finally ended up leaving and kind of going back out into the world again which is a whole other experience it's like being you know being let out of a cage <laughs> And, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't really seen much of the world outside of that community. We lived in the mountains of British Columbia uh, most of that time. And so suddenly the world was like bright and shiny. And so I ended up, I didn't, I didn't get back involved with drugs, but I did start drinking heavily. I started going out. I started partying again and yeah, just, just started living in the world and once i did that oh just just more <laughs> more wickedness as uh, as paula said in the very beginning uh, i describe my life as just this this lifetime of babylonian debauchery it was just one one thing after another one experience after another and so i was just out being promiscuous again living in the world drinking and i ended up meeting the father of my daughter my ex-husband and very quickly within a year of leaving that community i i got pregnant and this time i had my daughter praise god and and my daughter came into the world and she she really changed a lot that really really changed a lot but my my 
the father of, of Liliana, he was from El Salvador and uh, he didn't have papers to be here. So we ended up moving to El Salvador and, and filing for a visa for him. So I spent a time down there and while we were in El Salvador, ended up doing all kinds of things, involving ourselves in, you know, the Hispanic form of Catholicism, which I never really agreed with. I wanted nothing to do with religion or anything to do with spirituality at this point. I I was so messed up from my eight years of being with the Ashayas, which many years later I would find out was a cult. It was very, very, very much a cult. And I had lived under some really heavy oppression in that for many years some deep psychological abuse had had gone on through there. Uh, so I didn't want anything to do with spirituality, God, anything. And so we sought out this Guatemalan witch doctor. We were, again, just seeking out kind of psychics and, and all kinds of things. So just continuing to dabble, even though I tried to escape it, once you're involved with that kind of stuff, it follows you around. Like there's there's just no way to escape that uh, without without God, without him coming in and, and helping you get out of that and exposing the darkness for what it is. So we we moved back to Indiana and I think we're about to wrap it up. But once we were back in Indiana, uh, very shortly after I ended up getting a divorce and that was after about six years together and after the divorce is where things really 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 start to go downhill again and so on the next episode we're going to go into uh more of yeah getting back into drugs getting into sex work and prostitution getting into some uh lifestyles really lifestyles of sexual wickedness and just some really really traumatic abuse and so yeah just just goes deep into that so that was the first to the first part and yeah thanks paula thanks Paula. yeah Do you, well, you know what <laughs> as I, I didn't want to interrupt you because i wanted you to you know share all of that um you know, I wanted you to get all of that out to share it and not interrupt you. But just as you were as you were talking, what I, you know, was seeing and so many people probably fall in this category is that in each and every in, inside each and every person, there's a void. There's a void that we try to fill. We try to fill that void with drinking, drugs, alcohol, sex, uh, addictions, you know, and the only one that can fill the void is Jesus. And so, you know, just we see up to this point that her life shows that here's a person that has a void that has experienced trauma. And perhaps you may be watching or listening today and you've experienced trauma in your life as well. Well, the only one that can fill the void, the only one that can heal the trauma is Jesus. Just as she said, she's been to she went to counseling. She went to uh, recovery and all that kind of stuff and found out how to do drugs more. You know how to do it. I've known of people that have gone to recover and said it didn't help. It didn't work. But when they tried Jesus, he came in and healed their heart. You know, you may be experiencing trauma. And what you have to do is you may have been abused in your life, whether physically, sexually, emotionally. You may have um, experienced being raped. You may have been molested. You may have uh, experienced um, the loss of a loved one that deeply hurts you, divorce. These are all ways that the enemy tries to come in and wreck your life. And just as Kelsey's life is quite the opposite of my own, how I grew up in a Christian home 
and how my life was always geared towards the things of God. Hers was just the opposite. Hers was geared towards the demonic, but God, but God. So as you will hear her story continue to unfold, you're going to hear how Jesus came in and rescued her and he has healed her. And she does not look like what she's been through. And, you know, just when you think it can't get any worse, she goes deeper down down and just like, oh, my goodness, deeper down. In fact, next episode, I'm going to read the list of all the things that um, she was into that that I saw you did a post. I'm going to read those things. And then at the very end, you say and more. So, you know, your story is one that 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 is kind of like Mary Magdalene and how she. had all those, you know, demons in her. But when she came in contact with Jesus and the same Jesus that Mary Magdalene came in contact with, that Kelsey came in contact with is the same Jesus that is healing, delivering and restoring today. So if you have experienced trauma or you've experienced some type of abuse and you've been looking for answers, you you need hope right now. Well, your hope is in Jesus. And I want to just invite you that if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that you invite him to come into your heart today, right now, while you're listening, while you're watching this podcast, because Jesus is still healing, he's still saving, and he is still delivering. So if you would just join me, and we're going to just say this prayer out loud. You just say, Father God, I come to you right now, just as I am. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Heal me of the pain of the past. Wash me and make me new. I receive you as my Lord and Savior and show me how to live for you. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer, be sure to email me or you can email Kelsey and let her know that I gave my life to Jesus. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can comment below and say, I gave my life to Jesus because that is what it's all about. So Kelsey, will you just let the listeners know how they can get in contact with you? Um, Because she has a book that uh, will be coming out. It should be at the time of this, it should be available. So just kind of give the listeners a little more information about uh, your website, how they can get in contact with you, how they can uh, bless your ministry if they feel compelled to do so. Amen. Thank you, Paula. So uh, I share a lot, mostly where I share is on Facebook. So you can you can follow me or friend me on Facebook, Kelsey Decker. Also on my website, holyspirithappenings.com is where you can find all my events and you can find my book on there, but you can find Mary Magdalene in the mirror on Amazon and it is ready to go. So, uh, but if you, if you just look me up on social media or on my website, you'll have all the links to that. Okay. So you can connect to her that way and be sure to purchase a book. Like I said, I've read it. It's a powerful book. In fact, when she sent me the manuscript, she sent it to me and I finished it the same day. So it's not a hard read. It's an easy read, but I mean, it just kind of keeps you on the edge of your seats. But to know that the things that she was into and how God saved and redeemed her and that she's here to tell her testimony and share her story today. So be sure to stay tuned next week for part two of Kelsey's story of redemption. I'm going to have a quick word of prayer. Uh, For those of you, I know I prayed a prayer of salvation, but I want to have just a prayer for those of you that may be watching or listening to this today. And maybe you've dabbled into some witchcraft or occultic or new age things. Well, my advice to you is you need to denounce those things 
and you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior and ask for forgiveness of those things. Or maybe you've been dealing with uh, demonic oppression because of things that have happened to you. Doorways have been open. Well, we're going to pray and believe God right now that God will touch you by his mighty hand and deliver you and set you free. So, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you that you're hand is mighty to save, mighty to heal, mighty to deliver. We thank you, Father God, that it is the anointing that destroys the yokes and removes the burdens. And so, Father God, I thank you that anyone that is listening or watching this right now, Father God, that you touch them with your delivering touch in the name of Jesus. I speak the spirits that are at work and I command you to cease your operation in the lives of people. Father, I thank you for healing to come in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that you are mighty, Lord God, that you are Jehovah Rapha. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Shalom, our peace. And I thank you, Father, for touching the listeners right now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Praise the name <laughs> of Jesus. You know, the power and presence of the Lord is able to transcend time, space, and distance. And so we just thank God that he is touching those that need to be touched in the name of Jesus. So stay tuned for next week's episode right here again with Kelsey Decker as she continues to unfold her story. I want you to remember the words in Romans 10 and 17. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to share this episode with someone in your life. Also, share on your social media outlets. And I would love for you to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to my new YouTube channel. You can find the links to all my pages by visiting my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. God bless you and hope that you will take time to listen again soon. Thank you.